Two episodes on a Thursday. That's right, coming at you with another bonus episode today where we're going to be playing some of our favorite game. It is called Cosine No Sign, and that's what we got for you here today on Locked on Leafs. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Lease podcast. Uh, Mike DiStefano with you alongside. I've got Dave Morissuti. We're the host of Locked on Leafs. If you have not, uh, if you're new to the podcast, and you haven't heard this segment before. It's a fun little game we like to play called Cosine, No Sign. We both have three statements that we're going to make. If we agree with the statement, we co-sign it. If we disagree with it, then we no-sign it. So Dave, uh, why don't you go first, throw out your first statement for me, for me to co-sign or no-sign. So I'm going to go with a non-lease one to start with. It might involve the lease, depending on how things go, but uh, there's a report that Philip Forsberg is out, uh, is apparently being shopped right now. Did so my co-sign, no-sign. This is the end of the Philip Forsberg tenure with the Nashville Predators. Uh, I'm going to co-sign it. I don't think that's smoke. I, Andy Strickland is the one who... Andy Strickland's the one who tweeted that out, and he's pretty plugged in, I think. Um, so I, I don't think that he's just saying that clearly. And he said actively shopping. Not that he's listening or he's hearing his name get popped up, that they're actively shopping. And this is a player who's only making $6 million, and he is in a contract year. He's going to be a UFA. I bet you with the season that he's having, he's going to want a lot more than $6 bucks. So are they going to be willing to pay him? I don't know if that's the case. And instead of letting him walk, I could see them, yeah, trading him away and, and, and getting picking up some assets for him. Is Toronto that team? I, I don't know. I think there are some other players. Like I would prefer a JT Miller over a a a a uh a Philip Forsberg myself, but I could definitely see some teams out there be really interested in in a Philip Forsberg. Uh, so I, yeah, I'll co-sign it. I think that that's, that that's his tenure in Nashville could be over. Yeah. All right. So what's your, uh, what's your first no co-sign, no side. All right. Uh, well, similar vein, it's trade season, which is always a fun time to chat about this, but we're going to stick with the Toronto Maple Leafs when we have this trade discussion. Uh, Dave, an upgrade in the top six is currently now a more of a pressing need than a top four defenseman. I still think top four. Uh, yeah. Okay. I can, I can sign with that. Uh, you don't sound, you don't sound very confident with your answer there. It's just tough, right? Like when you're thinking about what the Leafs are, like what we've been talking about the whole time. And then just something new pops up. You're like, it makes it so tough, but I, I can get behind that. I, I, I think given what the Leafs need to do and like what we've seen from this Leafs team, it only makes sense that they go that route. How much of it do you think has to do with Jake Muzzin, though? Because if Muzzin's going to be injured and he's going to be out, you don't know what you're going to get in Muzzin if he comes back. Mm-hmm. You might need to have to, to go out and get your 3-4 just in case. 
So I, I don't I don't think a top six is more pressing than a top four. I, I'm no signing that one myself. So the only honest. reason why I think a top six is because if the if the like, it might not def- it matter what the defense does if the offense isn't there. Like if the if if we can't rely on that second line to produce, that's putting a lot of pressure on the rest of the team. And it then does. in the playoffs, when it's so hard to get goal scoring, I think you try to improve that. You make that area like the be- like as as bolstered as you can. And then they might not be able to get a 3-4, but if they can get the depth that they haven't had before and options that they haven't had before, I think you can get by with that. But I can't get by if the goal scoring just isn't there. I mean, yeah, we've seen it before where Matthews and Marner, they get shut down in the playoffs, and then you got to rely on your depth. And you know, last year, outside of William Nylander, there wasn't enough depth that stepped up behind them. And that was kind of you know, what, what cost them in the end. Um, Kerfoot wasn't too bad in the playoffs last year, uh, playing alongside you know, with Willie and, and Galchenyuk. But do you want to rely on that again this season? If you can make an upgrade, I think they do it. But I, I think they still are – like if they had one bullet in the chamber, I think they would probably try and bring in a defenseman over a winger. Despite all this JT Miller – rumors that are out there like if it came down to it it's like you can only get one of jt miller or hampus lindholm apparently is now the new hot name that all these insiders want to throw out there you know between hampus lindholm and jt miller and they only had the same package was offered and they both said okay we'll accept i think they say actually we're going to go the lindholm deal and bolster that defense and try and shore that up and roll the dice with Kerfoot. Because I think you're safer rolling the dice with Kerfoot or Akasha than you would be with Labushkin or Hall as your top four defensemen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I did hear a rumor, though, actually. Well, not a rumor, but there was a report by uh, Rick Rick uh, Dollawall oh, out yeah. in Vancouver. Apparently, Vancouver's interested in Timothy Lilligren. They've been keeping tabs on Timothy Lilligren out in Vancouver. And JT Miller's conversation from yesterday, that that name got dropped a little bit. Timothy Lilligren, I'm not saying that that would be the main piece. But if they're inquiring and they're listening and watching Timothy Lilligren, maybe it's because they are having discussions on, uh, on a bigger trade. And he could be part of the deal. Who knows? They did sign Patrick Alvin to be their general manager, who is from Swedish or is is Swedish from Sweden, and has deep ties with a lot of these Swedish prospects. And Timothy Lilligren, maybe one of those guys, but just something uh, a little food for thought there. All right, what's uh, what's your second one? Uh, we got to go with a little John Tavares one here. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule coming up, and I do think we see John Tavares's goal scoring drought end within the next three games who are they playing the next three games so it's we got the wild then you got the red wings and the capitals oh yeah i'll co-sign that i will co-sign that i i can't see this goal scoring drought going too much longer i mean the last game he did have a, a few good looks i think he led the team with like five slot shots too or uh three slot shots i think um, five shots in total. Like he would, he had a couple of really good opportunities. 
eventually he's going to catch a bounce. Maybe they, they have a, a, a wide, a, an empty net and they just send him out on the ice to try and get that goal. I had Rick talking on Leafs launch today. And he even said, sometimes if you got a, a, a superstar who's struggling like that, a, a good way to get them off the schneid is, you know, they just want to see a puck go in the back of the net, whether there's a goalie between the cage or not really doesn't matter. And sometimes just an empty net goal, could spark that offense for that player. So I think in the next three games, whether it's you know a tip on the power play or a nice setup by Kerfoot or Nylander, maybe he ends up on a line at some point with like Matthews or, or, or Marner during a line change or whatever. I, I think within the next three games, we will get a goal from John Tavares. The signs are there that he's improving. Um, I think the production will follow. That's uh, it. hope. Go ahead. You have uh, a comment there? No, uh, go with your second one. All right. Jake Muzzin will remain on LTIR for the rest of the season. Regular season. I'm going to sign this one because we know how much the Leafs try to massage the cap. And I think this is the one thing they didn't maybe count on that now kind of falls into the lap. I think of it like Patrick Kane when the when the Blackhawks lost him. Yeah. And, and they're like, he's legitimately injured. Maybe he can come back for the regular season, but why chance it and we can add as much as we need on his cap it? Like that was a, like that that right there, I think that's the comparable situation over a Kucherov where he was injured at the beginning of the year and they didn't really give a timeline. Right. This one here, it's like if it kind of it was an unexpected situation. I think the Leafs knowing their cap situation and how much they've had to dollar in dollar out and move guys around. I think this is something that, and and with every insider even talking about it and LTIR being used, I think it's, it's a real possibility. So I think, yeah, I'm going to sign this one. Yeah. I think it's a strong possibility as well. And, um, you know, if I had to put like a percentage chance of this happening, of him playing a game, another regular season game, I think there's probably only like a 20% chance of that happening. It's not zero, but I I, I still think it's 80-20 that Jake Muzzin doesn't return until the playoffs. I think that as well. Uh, your third one, sir. I was kind of bouncing around with my third one here, whether to go trade deadline or whether to go something Leafs related. With the Canucks and the Leafs playing very soon, um, I think it'll be. But before, you know what? I'll say that for the next coast. I know, son, because we'll have some time to think about this. Okay. Um, but I think. All right, I'm just debating which one I want to go with. All right, here we go. Uh, William Nylander gets benched if he doesn't produce more. In terms of, he gets demoted to a different spot in the lineup. Uh, I'm going to no sign it. The problem I have with that is who do the Leafs really have to move up into the top six to replace them? That'll give them more production. I think it's more so trying to move. Like if they like, maybe like switch him and Andre Kasha just to do something a little different. You trust Willie Nylander on the third line as like a, as a checking role with camp. Like they tried that before and they didn't like it at all. They swapped it after like literally five minutes into the game. They're like, no, never mind. We're not doing that anymore. 
That's not happening. Remember, they, they put Kasha up on the top line with Matthews and Bunting, and then they put uh, Marner with Tavares and Kerfoot, I think it was. I think it was McCabe, and then it was like McCabe, Camp. Yeah, and then it was Kerfoot, yeah. Camp, and and Nylander, and legitimately five minutes into that game, he was like, okay, never mind, scrap it. We're not doing that anymore. And then he ended up putting everything back the way that it was. Um, and I think that, like, a lot of the comments that we got on that on that JT Miller video was, oh, this team doesn't need another top six player. I think they do because there's not a lot of flexibility with this lineup. Like, Sheldon Keith doesn't have a lot of options. You know what I mean? I, the only real option that he has if he wants to up, get an upgrade on Alex Kerfoot in that top six is if he flips one of Nylander or Kasha to the offside to play the left wing and then, you know, whichever one stays on their right side, I guess, fills in as, as a second line right winger. But outside of that, like, there's not much there. You're not going to put Spets up there. You're not going to put Simmons up there. You're not going to put, you know, I don't think Mikheyev is a, is a second line winger either. You know, Pierre Engvall's not himself. Like they just don't really have a guy who can go up and down the lineup and, and produce in a positive way. So I do feel that this team might need to go out and get like another top six addition, just pure to give this team flexibility. Like, what if one of those guys goes down? What if Alex Kerfoot gets hurt? What do they do? What if, again, Tavares gets hurt in the playoffs? What do they do? They don't have enough depth on this team and, and like, top six scoring depth, especially on the left side. So, yeah, what was the original cosign? Whether they were going to demote Nylander if if that second. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they don't have the depth to to really move things around. Like the way things around. Yeah, like I feel like Nylander is still the most productive player in the top six, like where he's at. You know, demoting him, I don't think will help this team. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to no sign that one. All right. Um, My third one for you here. Peter Mrazek will be given at least one start in the NHL playoffs. Oh, that's a good one. You know what? I can legitimately see that as a possibility. I'm going to sign it just because if Campbell has a bad game in the playoffs, they could easily turn to Morazic. And uh, I watched that Carolina flip-flop that they did in the playoffs. With Curtis McElhaney? <laughs> yeah, it's not ideal. You know, it was Reimer last year. It was Reimer. It was Reimer. But it was McElhaney the season prior, I think. Season prior, then they added Reimer. I, I, this is what I like. When it comes to the Leafs, like, there's not the margin for error is so small. I don't want them to do that because you want to have one guy. Yep. I had, to, I had time out for a sec. Didn't, does it piss you off that both McElhaney and James Reimer have had more playoff success than any of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the last couple of years? We were doing so well, Mike. We were doing <laughs> so well, Mike. Oh, man, I know. And then the, I, I just – a reminder. It's like, yeah, Carolina just takes all these goaltenders, and now they have Frederick Anderson, another former Maple Leafs goaltender, and there's a good chance that they will have success – and went around, and you know the Maple Leafs. We'll see what happens there. Anyways, continue. Peter Morazic, you're on board. You think he'll get a start? I think a start. It might not be. It could even be a potential situation where Jack Campbell just 
I think of it like what Leonard and Fleury went through last year. Yeah. They kind of rode the hot. How quick of a hook, though? Like, you think one game will, and and that's it? Or, like, how quick of a hook do you think this will be? It all depends, I think, on the situation. Like, if it's like the first game and and Campbell doesn't do well, you you can afford to give him a second one. But if he lays an egg on the second one, that that's the hook. Like, I I think the margin for error all depends on the situation and where where it happens. Like, you have to, you how this is like the toughest part that every head coach has to deal with is making the decisions in the right moment. I think you can't go too hasty with it, but you also can't be like ah, yeah, we'll 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 go. No, we're down three one, but we're gonna stick with Jack. Like, you have to kind of think of. You're just like there's jobs I think on the line, and like that's that's one where if your goaltender loses it for you and you had the option to go to someone else and you were talking about this being a one a one b situation, yeah, doesn't look good on you. Yeah, it, it's as a coach I would hate to be I would hate to have a tandem in the playoffs because you'll always be second guessing yourself. Like if you lose oh, a game, oh, you always second guess. Should I have played this goalie? Should I have played that goalie? Would it have been different? Whereas if you got a Vasilevsky, if you've got a Jacob Markstrom, you know, in the past they had Freddie Anderson, a, a, a guy you knew was going to start you each and every game. And he definitely gave you the best chance to win every game. Do you have that faith in, Either Campbell or Morazic, I feel like after a loss, you'll sit there and you will think to yourself, what would have happened if I played the other goalie? You know, I just I don't envy Sheldon Keith to be in that position. That's for mm-hmm. that's for damn sure. But uh yeah, I don't think it'll be an overly long hook. I, I really don't think it would be, especially if they continue to play, um, or Campbell continues to play at the pace that he has over the last three months almost definitely last two months i mean it's it's not been pretty i not been pretty at all i think uh between the two of them they have one of the worst like the second and third worst save percentage at five on five among starting goaltenders and like that's that's where it kills right like the leafs have done so well on special teams that like that like the five on five is just so is it, it that that's what kills it, right? You know, losing a game because you don't you you're playing well five five, but you're not goaltenders aren't performing at that level. You got a top a, a power play that's at the top of the league. You've got a penalty kill that for a while was top three. I think I checked today. I want to say that they're sixth now. Um, some other teams have kind of climbed up a little bit, but regardless, for the most part, you've had a top five PK unit. You've had the number one power play unit yet you're struggling to win games because you're getting outscored because you're getting outproduced at five on five because you can't get that save. It's tough. It's tough. And don't look now. Don't look now. But the Boston Bruins are inching a little bit closer to the Maple Leafs by by the day. They are now completely squared at 50 games apiece. There's only six points between them. Yeah, this is not ideal. Like, I was like, ah, we got a good lead on the Bruins. This isn't something to worry about. Two weeks later, it's like, you idiot. Yeah, (laughs) like, Leafs have dropped three in a row. The Bruins have won a couple here. Without Brad Marchand. Without Brad Marchand. They finally have, I think, landed on Jeremy Swayman. They're finally going to give him the reins and hope he can get it done. He's looked good 
as of late. Uh, they could be one of those guys. We talk about Philip Forsberg. I mean, they could be interested in a Philip Forsberg. They could be interested in maybe even a JT Miller. You know, they they could be big time players uh, at the at the trade deadline because that's a team with a with a closing window in my estimation. And if they can get themselves ahead of Toronto here, you know, now you now you're playing with for the wild card. I don't know. It's. It, I'm not saying Toronto's going to fall out of the playoffs here. I think the playoffs are pretty set with the teams that are there. But I don't know if Toronto's as stable in the uh, in the three-hole as maybe we thought a couple of weeks ago as they hit this skid. I still think it's likely that they finish up with a divisional spot, but I'm just saying, they're on the heels. It's only six points, and I think they're still might be three or four games left against Boston this season. Like there's still we well, only played games. once this year, so yeah, so there's there's still a few games to go against the Bruins. You drop those, it's over. Right? Like if if they both have the same record going forward yet Boston wins those games against Toronto, it looks like it's just two left. So um one at the end of March, one at the end okay. of April. But what happens in between? They still leave. Still have to play Florida. They haven't played Florida at all. They, I think, probably have one more against Tampa at least. You know, they got to play Montreal <laughs> uh, and Ottawa. Like the Atlantic Division is not easy, guys. Like no, it's they not. people need to realize this is a tough division. Even though the the like, the standings might not indicate that Detroit. Montreal, Ottawa, they're not easy wins now. Like Dude, Montreal's a different team under Marty St. Louis. Like we clowned him for for losing. We clowned the the least for losing to Montreal the other day. But they're on a four-game winning streak and legitimately look like a different team. Like they're out there, they just beat Buffalo and granted it's Buffalo, but for nothing handily. Just easy easy win. And, uh, you know, it's they, they're they on a four-game winning streak. Before this four-game winning streak, I'm pretty sure they only had like seven or eight wins. Like they have half of their wins come in this last week and a half. It's ludicrous when you actually think about it. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we got a jet, though. Uh, good, fun podcast today, Dave. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll uh, break down the game against the Leafs and the Wild. It's tonight at 7 o'clock. I believe this is a TSN game, so you can check it out on TSN 4. You can listen to it on TSN 1050. I know that's a fact. The Tap Man will have it. Uh, but that's to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms. You can see daily news content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. Follow the show on Twitter as well at Lockdown Leafs. And go subscribe to us on YouTube. That's Lockdown Leafs on YouTube. Uh, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow to recap the game against the Leafs and the Wild. Enjoy the game. Until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.